Hello gang, before this week's episode, a reminder that my new book, Sort Your Head Out, Mental Health Without All the Bollocks, is out now. Thanks to everyone who's bought it so far, but if you haven't, why not give it a go? It was a bestseller on Amazon last week, it's had loads of nice reviews, and it's basically talking about the stuff that bothers all of us blokes in our heads in a way that I hope is a bit more relatable than the average mental health book. Anyway, it's out now on Amazon and wherever else you get your books. It's in hardback kindle edition or audiobook read by me your support as ever is highly appreciated hello and welcome to the reset a mental health podcast without all the bollocks i'm sam delaney my guest this week is alex mcclintock who runs the scottish wing of andy's man club andy's man club is a nationwide charity that runs weekly groups all over the uk every monday at 7 p.m where blokes can get together and share their stories in a bid to help their mental health and ultimately to bring down the rate of male suicide in the uk it's a confidential safe and very relaxed space that's helped thousands of men since it started i've been along to one and loved it alex experienced his own mental health struggles in the past and made an attempt on his own life before discovering Andy's Man Club and discovering the power of sharing with other blokes. He became such a believer that he ended up working for them. Alex is a great bloke with a powerful story and a brilliantly down-to-earth way of telling it. The perfect reset guest, in other words. I hope you enjoy listening to our chat. Alex, welcome to The Reset. Uh, Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you on the show, mate. I can see you sat there in your Andy's Man Club hoodie. Uh, which is a a very stylish and lovely thing with the the logo that I'm very familiar with, which is the uh, a hand doing the OK signal. A big fan of Andy's Man Club. Um, I've written about it before. Luke Ambler, the founder, has been a guest on The Reset before. But Alex, tell us about your involvement in it from your perspective, for those who don't know what it is exactly. Yeah, so Andy's Man Club's a peer-to-peer support group for, for any man over 18. Uh, and we meet every Monday night, seven till nine, across 118 venues uh, in the UK. Just a safe, non-judgmental space for guys to come together and, and talk about their weeks and discuss the storms that they may be going through and, and help each other through those storms by using lived experience, which is absolutely massive. It started in 2016 after the, the unfortunate death by suicide of young man Andy Roberts in Halifax. And as you mentioned, our fearless leader, Luke Amber, started it along with Andy's mum, Elaine. Um, just to give guys in the local area somewhere to go so other families weren't going through the devastation and loss that they were suffering after losing Andy. So um, I personally got involved in 2017 um, as a project for work. I used to work for the Scottish Prison Service and worked in a gym environment. So we're doing lots for the guys' physical health, but we didn't do anything for their mental health. And I was, I guess I was looking for something for my own mental health. Mm. Um, came across Ricky Gervais on Twitter doing that. Uh, and Googled it and then uh, discovered Andy's Man Club. And as I say, the rest is history. I've been a, a facilitator, a trustee, um, and now I, I'm a project development champion working full-time to try and get as many groups as we can in, in Scotland and help support the, the, the office to get as big as we can. Whereabouts is, is your group then? The, the, so the... We, we've got 26 in Scotland. So the, yeah. the first group in Scotland was actually in HMP Perth. Um, right. September 2017 and then we started a community group in Perth a fortnight later so that's I suppose it's still my home club as, as Perth and I, I, I like to go there when I need to get shit off my chest so mm. um, and, and it's kind of going from there then we opened in Dundee uh, a couple of months later and then Dunfermline and it just kept spreading like that so uh, we opened when when I went on full time in, in uh, 18 well nearly two years ago now uh, we had six groups 
and we've now got 26 groups and, and three members of staff so uh, it's getting bigger and bigger so for example last night it was in Stenhouse Muir which is down in, in the Fourth Valley area in uh, the central belt of Scotland and the week before I was in Arbroath and I've been down to uh, Gala Shields and the borders and so we're, we're, we're all over the country so um, as you say we're, we're one club We've just got 118 venues, so it doesn't matter where we go, whether it's Devon or Aberdeen or 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 Broth or uh, down to Glasgow or or Halifax or Leeds. It's 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 one club, just so many venues. Um, what I love about, from my limited experience of, of attending one one group, um, but speaking to to Luke on a number of occasions about it is the way that it's very down-to-earth. So you get ordinary blokes who who might be a bit put off by the idea of, let's say, group therapy, psychobabble, that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, my impression of it from my attending a group was that these are a, a, a really interesting mix of really ordinary blokes, down-to-earth. There was no bollocks, no bullshit, uh, but it was warm. And it was quite funny at times as well. And I think that's what blokes like. It's not What I'm trying to say to listeners who might not try it is, it's really not weird. And, uh, you know, I would have in the past always thought of things like group therapy as being weird, but it, it's much more sort of friendly, matey, but there's no kind of piss-taking or judgments there. I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it, AJ. Like, certainly when I was going through my shit, it was like, you're the only guy going through this, no one else will understand. But then when you walk in Andy's man club, there's, there's, there could be 40 guys in that room that understand to a certain extent what you've been through. And as you say, we're from all walks of life. And it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, we're a, a mental health peer support charity since that because of a suicide. But it's not all doom and gloom. We do discuss some really, really heavy stuff and, and some of the questions. But genuinely, every week I sit there and, and kill myself laughing. It's just yeah. like, it's absolutely hilarious. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and, and some of the funniest things I've ever heard have been in Andy's Man Club. But I can't tell you them because whatever's said in the room stays in the room. It's eh? confidential, and that, yeah. That confidentiality that makes it work. So I think what guys do shit themselves coming in because they don't know what they're walking into. But once they hear other men sharing and, and talking about stuff they're going through, it empowers them to open up and talk as well. And then it does, it, it just feels like you're going to a social club on a Monday night to, to sit and have a cup of coffee with your pals and just talk about your week. Um, so let's go back to your personal experiences and what led you to seek help. Um, uh, you know, I know a bit about your story and, you know, it's similar to mine in that it sounds like, there were a lot of things going right back to childhood that you let build up, but never really addressed. It wasn't until you were kind of in your four, early forties that you realised that you might have mental health issues worth addressing. Yeah. What what was the trigger for that? Yeah, so looking back and now having done therapy and stuff like that on top of Andy's Man Club, you, you start to realise what what's impacted you over your life. And um, for me, it was when we moved house. Um, I, I spent the first part of my childhood in Glasgow and then um, group of mates that you, you were just all group of mates and, and no one ever thought anything of it and then when I moved to Perth instantly I was a foot foot and a half taller than everyone else mm. um, so that brought its own issues eh? and, and now I'm, I'm six foot nine now it didn't stop growing until I was 27 so um, for, for, as, for as long as I can remember I've always had people talking about my height and, and every day I walk around and people are staring, oh my God, how tall are you and what's the weather like and all that. So mm. that's had a huge impact. Um, and it's stuff that you kind of just dealt with, do you know what I mean? And I was brought up that hit first and ask questions later, but then when I did that, I got into trouble. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I just used to walk away or, or take a hiding. Um, mm. So that has an impact as well. 
um, and and hated school. Do you know what I mean? Just didn't like it, and and always tried to be the class clown. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I'm now married to my, my second wife who I went to school with, believe it or not. Don't remember each other from school, but remember incidents at school and, and like taking the mickey out of a teacher or, or shouting out in class. And it was usually one of us that was doing the shouting. Uh, <laughs> but we didn't realise it was each other. Eh? And, and, and just things like that. Just try to make it people laugh. I, I, I suppose mm. that's, I've always tried to use that to, as a defence mechanism. Mm. So I mean, people take the mickey out of my height, so I just slaughter them back. Do you know what I mean? So if you're under six foot, you're no old bad. If you're taking the mickey out of me for being six nine, I'm just going to shred you for and start whistling Oompa Loompa song or something. Do you know what I mean? So um, <laughs> I've always tried to use that as a defence mechanism, which doesn't always work. Um, and then obviously working in the prison service, you learn different ways to deal with it as well. Mm. Um, so you have all those things going in. It helped a lot in the prison service being that tall. Because mm. they put a lot of people off trying to do anything, eh? So, um, but for example, going out with your mates, even now, you go with your mates. If one of your pals falls out with someone else, they mm. go for the big guy first. Yeah, always been the way. We take the big guy out, then I'm just all oh, big and tough. Yeah, and the rest of them will run away, and I'm like, I was standing over there drinking my beer, mate. I've got nothing to do with this. Why are you going for me? So, we've had loads of issues like that. Um, then I lost a, my job when I was 21 so I left school and, and got a job and I was there for seven years and then um, that was the first time that I was uh, went to my doctors and says look I'm struggling really struggling and I, as, as it still is today there's a checklist for these things and they go through it and say right you qualify for this medication um, which isn't always the answer I mean, one of the things we don't talk about in Andy's Man Club is medication mm. uh, because it affects everyone differently so I've been on off meds all my, my adult life um, and still on medication today because I have a chemical imbalance in my brain and it's something I've learned to live with um, but it took a while to, to I suppose admit that you've got issues um, and, and bottled it up a lot never, never talked about my feelings never went home and my first wife didn't want me talking about my job quite a demanding job a stressful job especially mm. when it was going wrong um, rolling about coming home covered in blood and and urine and shit and all these different wonderful things that fly about the jail um, and just not getting to talk about it and that, that builds up and builds up and builds up so um when I got a chance to work in the, the gym, it, it kind of changed my life. But that was all after my a big, massive breakdown, eh? Um and, and getting the qualifications to get my dream job at a time that I thought was my dream job, and um, put a lot of pressure on myself, mm. and just and it was at the time of my, my my breakdown and my first marriage and child access issues and oldest daughter and all these things just kind of amassed and started to use substances, uh, started to use alcohol and painkillers to 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 cope with everything and just. I suppose function, get asleep at mm. night and, and just block out everything that was going on and it just all amplified and I ended up in hospital um, with cluster migraines um, and, and, and ended up taking a reaction to the meds that they put me on because of everything else I was abusing um, and then just went on a, a new type of medication and, and unfortunately the most common side effect of that meds is you'll have suicidal thoughts so everything that was going on in my life I was in this perfect storm you know what I mean, I wasn't getting to see my daughter. I was going through a divorce. Partner I was with at the time was it was quite toxic mentally. Um, she was very controlling and, and and didn't let me see my friends and family. And I just didn't want to tell people what was going on because I'm six foot nine, I'm a big strong man. Men don't talk about that stuff. You know what I mean? We're supposed yeah. to ball up and shake it off and go on with it. So um, I just decided I'd had enough um, and packed up all the stuff I had in the house and and labelled it all nice and neat. And I was standing in my garage with a noose around my neck. And oh, I got the phone when I went on for school to tell him she loved me. 
Um, and if it wasn't for that Nicky Minaj ringtone going off on my phone, <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. So it's something I'm passionate about going out and talking about it. Because if, if me at six foot nine, beard mm. and tattoos can talk about my feelings, then any man can. Do you know what I mean? Um, and even if there's one person listens to this and gets in touch with Andy's man club or starts talking about something that they've gone through to their pals or their families, then it's been worth it. Um, and definitely something we'll keep shouting about. That's an amazing story, mate. And I'm sure so men- so much of it resonates with my own experience. And I'm sure lots of people listening. Um, when you when your daughter called, I mean, do you think that was was that just the universe intervening, or did she oh, know? No. Did she no, know that you were in a bad place? I, 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 it's one of these things I always promised. When when we split up, she went with her mum because obviously I was working shifts and it was easier for her to live with her mum and all that nonsense. Mm. And then when when she didn't like the partner I was with, so I'd, I'd seen her, I'd, I'd actually seen her at a, a family function that weekend and it was just like, hi, Dad, how you doing? But I hadn't really spoken to her for about 12 weeks. Mm. Um, but every day I messaged her to tell her I loved her. Mm. Um, and the one day she decided to to phone me it was the, the day that, that I was standing in my garage. Eh? So hundred percent, I'm I'm not not a religious person, but I believe in in a greater power. I believe I believe in the, the universe helping each other and helping others to to get through life. Eh? So there was obviously something going on in the, the atmosphere that day for a phone, um, and and something that obviously at the time you're just like, what am I doing? Do you know what I mean what? If, I'm like I I could have left her without a dad and at the time I was thinking I wasn't thinking that I was thinking she'll be better off without me she'll get my pension mum and my dad will look after her and all, all that stuff eh? but the reality is at 40 year old I could have not been here and the yeah. impact that I, I now see the impact of doing something like that because obviously I see the impact it's got on Luke and Elaine and, and Lisa and Alfie and the wider fa- family of Andy so and, and every day I'm grateful that I never put my family through that eh? so um practice gratitude in the morning and, and I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks and, and it's making a big difference and I think that's what we've got to do is whether you believe in God, Buddha, Hinduism, whatever it is that you believe in, that there's, there's something out there that's that's looking after us. I agree. I'm I'm all behind that. Um, but like you, I would have, uh, you know, I'm not religious, would have never sort of believed in, in that sort of thing. But I think when you do start to address your mental health and the way life unfolds, you you know, you, a lot of us, even if we're non-spiritual people, come to see the world that way. Yeah. Uh, that said, I'm careful about who I talk about it. Because <laughs> some people, if you go too early with the universe chat, yeah. <laughs> they go, whoa, they back yeah, off, I, I, which I, I think I, is totally I, fair and understandable. Yeah, and it's something I've, I've, I've certainly in the last few years, since the start of COVID, actually, um, started reading a lot of books. Yeah, uh, and and stopped reading fiction, so it's all it's like Eckhart Tolle, Power and Now, and all these things, and, and yeah. it was one that that totally fried my brain, and it was the first time I've actually gone. Do you know what? I could, I could believe that more than I could believe there being a god. Yeah, and it was the Bhagavad Gita about Krishna and all these things, and and it was just it fried my brain. It really did fry my brain, and it's one of these. T- things. Tell us the name of that again. It's uh, Bhagavad Gita. So oh. it's, uh, it's it's Krishna talking to Arjuna before he goes into battle, and and it's it's weird. It's a very hard book to read, but um, it's actually led me to do other things. So it's led me to do transcendental meditation, which has been a huge benefit. Um, right. 
which I started doing in December, and I've noticed a big, big difference with not just my mental health, my, my overall health, my, my my joy for life, my just get up and go. And um, and it's weird how all these things just kind of bleed into one. Um, and all these things wouldn't have been possible. If I, and, and 100%, if I hadn't discovered Andy's man club, who knows where I would be. I suppose there's a, with all these things, when we kind of recover in whatever way we do, you kind of get to a point where... I mean, it's a shame. It usually takes a crisis. Like, you obviously hit a, a very bad crisis point. I went through crisis. Most blokes who, who come on this podcast have been in some form of crisis or another. But it's only that crisis that makes us open our minds and our hearts to all these new ideas. Because I can tell from listening to you talk about your childhood, you've been the same as me. Ten years beforehand, if someone had said anything about any of this stuff, you would have been like, you must be joking, mate. Like you'd have laughed. Yeah. Um, but it's really great when you, you know, it's horrible that it takes a crisis to to get us interested in this stuff. But it, it's sort of great, isn't it? Because suddenly you're just learning so much, and your and your life has improved. Yeah, but I think that's just life in general, isn't it? We're we're we're, we're in this constant fight or flight. Do you mm. know what I mean? And and we only react to things when it impacts us. Mm. It doesn't bother us. It's like you go back to COVID. No matter what your beliefs in COVID are, I was very much nah. It's, it's bullshit, mm. right? It's, it's it's all made up. It's a conspiracy. And then I caught COVID, um, mm. and, and nearly three years later, I'm still suffering from the after effects of long COVID. So, um, so it wasn't bullshit. No, to me, yeah. it wasn't bullshit because it's got a lasting effect. So, uh, I suppose all these things are, are, are there to, to challenge us and teach us something, um, just in life in general. And I think. Do you know what? For 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 me, it's it's as I've got older, I've been mm. more aware of things. I've been more perceptive to change and 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 want to discuss things. Whereas when I was younger, you weren't like, nah. Mm. Look at that. When I'm older, I'm I'm, I'm twenty one. Just let me go out and get pissed. And, and yeah, it's blo- it's bloke culture. I mean, I do yeah. think I'm sure this is universal all around the world. But I do think us here in in Britain. You know, and it, you know, it is similar, as, as much our differences between Scotland and England. There is a similarity in the fact that it's about banter and getting yeah. pissed yeah. and not taking anything seriously, and crucially, never being seen to take yourself seriously. That that seems to be an affliction that British men suffer from, especially ones of our generation. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and that's something I've I've done in the last twelve months as well. Stop drinking, and and the difference that that's made. And mm. I think there's more and more people doing that now. So I mean, you see more and more people giving up the drinking because of that effect on mental health and stuff. Because at the end of the day, it's a depressant. So if you've already got that in your system, and mm. you start using alcohol and stuff like that, it's going to make you even worse. So I think all these things. It's like it's a lifestyle choice, isn't it? It's like. I've put so much in place over the last 18 months to, to make myself a better person, uh, to then impact on my friends and my family and, and those around me. So um, it definitely does help. Um, and and it, it does, it takes you away from that lad culture. Like, I know we go on holiday with my pals once a year. We go to Benidorm for a long weekend. And it was like, I'm not going. Like, oh, last year, I just didn't go. Because I, I couldn't imagine going on a five-day bender with my, my pals mm. and no drinking. Yeah, and and if I if I'd gone, I'd probably end up drinking, and then that's that. Ten months has just been a waste. It's just what we're yeah. for. I mean, I mean so- you know, I I say to people, you know, I'm drinking almost eight years, and when people often say to me, "Well, I want to stop drinking, but how am I going to be able to go to that event or this event or that stag or this birthday?" And sometimes I just say, "Well, just don't go." 
<laughs> because my rule is if you don't think you can enjoy something without drinking alcohol, then you, you should maybe think, well, maybe it's not that good and I'll, and I'll not go and it's not the end of the world. And, and also what I found is mates, they don't, you don't lose mates. They don't say, Oh, you, you didn't come on that stag. We're not mates of you anymore. If you tell them that you're not drinking, then, uh, and that, and that's why you can't come uh, from my experience. I've, I haven't had a single bloke in eight years turn around to me when I've said, Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not attending that thing. So it'll be a bit boozy. I'm not that into it. Right. I won't be. People just go, Oh yeah, fair enough. He doesn't drink. There's no problem. I think that before you announce it though, and make yourself accountable, if you're, if you, you know, if you're, when I first started giving up drink, I was playing the old, I wasn't telling people straight. Yeah. I've got an alcohol problem and I've had to stop. I was keeping it a little bit. Yeah. I'm just not drinking at the moment. And when you say that, people will give you shit. Yeah. They'll go, oh, have a drink, go on, don't be boring. And that is very difficult because you're in purgatory. And that's why the most effective thing you can do, <laughs> people go to me now, I mean, all my mates know, but if you occasionally bump into someone who doesn't know you that well, go, why aren't you drinking, mate? I don't pussy for I just go, oh, because I'm a massive pisshead. Yes. I'm an alcoholic, mate. I can't drink. And people go, oh, okay, fine. But if you keep it like vague, then you, you then people will kind of give you shit. I found. Yeah, and I found that because obviously I started February February nineteenth last year. Um, I stopped drinking, and and I went. My one of our boys had a, a stag do, and my pals like, I know you're not drinking, but you'll be drinking for a stag do. I'm like, no, I'm not <laughs> drinking, mate. and and it's only it's only the last three weeks I've actually started attending AA. And, and right. it was the first time that I admitted I was an alcoholic. I'd never told anyone that before. Mm. Eh? It's like I've, I've I've said I've got issues with alcohol, and that's why I've stopped drinking because once I start, I can't stop. Mm. Uh, but that was the first time, and the relief actually admitting that. Uh, oh, so liber so liberating, yeah, isn't it? I, I was terrified, mate. I was terrified. I've been doing. I've been going to Andy's man club for nearly six years, right? Mm. So I know all about peer support, and I know about walking in the door for your first time because I've done it, and I encourage guys to, to to take that step all the time because I know how hard it is. I was sitting outside the A. I, I, I end up going an hour early, and I sat in the car park with my coffee, and I'm just sitting. I'm going, I can't do this. I can't do this. Can't do this. And then it came to my turn to talk. Because um, obviously everyone has their wee yeah. bit, and then they come the new members last, and I'm like, I, I get paid to talk for a living, and I genuinely don't know what to say. I'm sitting here absolutely shit myself, and I managed to get it out, and it was what a relief, mm. what a relief, and to be accepted as just Alex, not yeah. just Alex from Andy's Man Club, as he's known and he has been known for for years, especially in my, my hometown. It's like yeah. oh, there's Alex from Andy's Man Club, but I was just like, oh, who are you? Anonymous. Yeah. They're not supposed to know who you are. So, but it was just it was nice. It was nice to walk into a room and just be Alex. Yeah, which I really do for for nearly six years. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're right. It's like it's such a relief when you just sort of just come out and say this is this is my problem. It's not you know, and you just own it. And the thing is, I. You still, I mean, still to this day, I'll have people, I'll have like relatives go, oh yeah, but you didn't have a drink problem, and you have to go. Yeah, I did. I was an alcoholic. And yeah. and people will look you in the eye and say, no, you won't, yeah. like that. For, and there's a million reasons why people might say that. Largely, it's to do with themselves, or sometimes they just can't – they didn't see it because alcoholism well, is quite secretive as well. Yeah. You know, most of my problem drinking towards the end was very private in actual fact. 
Do you know what I mean? I, I, was, I Yeah, I was on the piss with the lads, but the scary thing was more on the piss on my own in the middle of the day. And uh, But it doesn't matter because once you say, look, this is it, this is my truth, you, you, it's just a relief, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's down to stigmas and perceptions, isn't it? It's like it's like any of them are, we're surrounded by stigmas, especially with mental health. But mm. if you look at it, if you, you ask someone to describe what's an alcoholic, mm. you've got to get up in the morning, crack a bottle of vodka, yeah. and drink two bottles of vodka during your That's No, you, you, could, you could get drunk once a week on a Saturday yeah. until you're completely violated. That's still an alcoholic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm a very addictive person, so if I get my teeth into something, I've got to go, I'm 100%. So... If I opened a bottle of whiskey, I had to finish a bottle of whiskey before mm. I could even contemplate going to bed. Yeah. Um, and then it became two bottles of whiskey. And and, and it was the, the, the heavy stuff was at the weekend, but I was mm. drinking every night. Mm. But when I, when I went to Tesco's on a Friday night and they started doing other supermarkets available, and they started doing their, their cheap whiskey, getting mm. like good stuff, but cheap with the club card points, it's like, well, oh, as well buying two. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm buying two, I'm as well buying three. And, and then that was getting drunk at the weekend. And then that's impacting on your your family. Do you know what I mean? Your daughter's seen that, your wife's seen that, and and I just it was it was it was one night I was watching the boxing, um, fell asleep by drinking my hand, and and basically tell my daughter to fuck off. You know, get it because she tried to take off me because I was sleeping. Right. Yeah. But I had to finish it before I went to my bed, um, and then fell off the toilet and knocked myself out in the sink because I was that pissed. Um, and I got up in the morning and I just apologised to both of them and said, "That's never happening again." And that was that was the moment you decided to that knock it on the head. February, mate, and and I'm I'm coming into my first year, and and it's it's been a tough year, especially over Christmas and New Year. Yeah, it's tough, and it it's like milestones in it. It's like you get to a stag do, you go to a wedding, you, yeah. you've got your birthday, you've got weddings, you've got Christmas, you've got New Year, um, and it has it's it's been tough, but you get there. You get it, there. it is hard, and it is all of those things, and you find over time. I feel that you, some things you think, oh. Actually, it turns out that's actually fun. Is it almost better without drink? Like, I prefer going to football, not pissed, which I never thought would be the case because I just, for me, the two things were hand in hand. In fact, if anything, it was more about the drinking than the football for me growing up. And now I go with my son to the football and I have a coffee. And it's and it's just like, you think, oh, football's actually quite good. It's a nice thing to do sober. Right. But then there are other things. Stags is a, are a good example. And, and it's different for everyone. Some people might be fine on a stag. Me personally, there are other things I think, no, nah, I'm just never going to do that because I just don't. That's that's something that is only doable when pissed, sober, it's boring. And you just like, it's a process, isn't it, that you'll have find over this last year. You just work out the difference between some things you can carry on doing, some things you knock on the head, and you replace them with other things. I mean, I'm blown away by transcendental meditation. That's something I'm fascinated by. Is that is that something that you started since you stopped drinking? Um, it's, it's something like reading all the different books that I've read over the years. It's, it's something yeah. that was always kind of, threaded through and, I, and yeah. I've tried meditation quite a lot lots of different meditation, lots of different people try to teach me and all these things and I could never clear my mind mm. so I mean and, and that's what they say, you can't meditate unless you can clear your mind and, and I, I got frustrated with it and I enjoy yoga and I enjoy exercise and all these things and then something just kept, I just kept filtering through in conversations and, and podcasts and someone mentioned it in a book and, and I always kept it, meaning to go and look at it and then I was off one Tuesday and, and I got a thing popped up on Facebook and I just hit it and got a, a wee taster session with, with, with the local teacher and signed up for it there and then and, and went through in December um, and, and over four days to teach you how to do it and 
Um, it's brilliant. I think I've missed two or three, so you, you meditate twice a day. I think I've missed three afternoon sessions. Um, but what I find is like, you get up and I, I take the dog for a walk in the morning, I come home and I meditate for 20 minutes and I'm buzzing after it, just absolutely buzzing. Yeah. And then about four, half four, as your day's getting to an end, you can feel yourself just, especially at our age, so I mean, pushing 15, mm-hmm. I could do with that. Go and meditate yeah. for 20 minutes and then you've got right. a buzz again, that's you. You're right. and I've achieved so much more, I'm doing more, I'm doing more around the house. And, 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 and it's, it's 20 minutes each time, yeah? 20 minutes twice a day, yeah, and, and it is brilliant. Um, you, you get your own personal mantra and all these things that um, it's, it's very secretive. Do you know what I mean? It is very secretive. So yeah, if you yeah. want to check them out, but yeah. uh, it's, it's brilliant and it's a whole the whole concept. And um, it, it's weird how things filter through in, in different strands of your life. Now, um, I'm a big Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. um, and and George Lucas was into TM, and and a lot of, you can see a lot of similarities between Maharishi, who started the TM movement. And, yeah. and yoga and, and all these things and it's it's from the Vedic tradition of of Hinduism and whereas yeah. you've got Vedas and all the do you know what I mean so all these things I think it's it's what I was supposed to find and it's just taken me. Well, that's really interesting. I'm a Star Wars fan myself, but I didn't know about that connection. I I I read um I read years ago, but by Tim Burgess from the Charlatans, who I was a big fan of growing up, and I read his book and he this was before I got sober and he wrote about he was living in LA. And he let the rock and roll lifestyle get out of hand. And he said, you know, he was like drinking way too much, doing loads of gack and got overweight. And he thought, shit, this is no way for, I can't, this is me washed up. I've done a Jim Morrison. And he he bumped into in LA, David Lynch, the film director. And David Lynch switched him on to transcendental meditation. And, I think it's like if it's heroes, like you say, George Lucas, who, who's also a hero of mine. So now I'm getting an extra, I'm at an extra sign from the universe talking to you now that I've got to do this. Um, and I, you know, heroes like that. I thought I, I love Tim Burgess. I love I love David Lynch, and they're both saying that this is what sorted me out. That he he credits that with just getting him off the drinking drugs, basically, and and getting fit and healthy again. Funnily enough, I did sign up to exactly the same as you. I got a pop up on Facebook. And I signed up, and do you know what? That was like end of last year, and I never turned up. Yeah, I, I signed up to it. I didn't turn up, and now I'm talking to you. I'm taking this as a sign from the universe. It was, it was one of the ones, as you say, it was off. It was 11 o'clock. I thought, look, I'm not doing anything. Let's do it. And I went yeah. on, and I spoke to to, to Sarah, my te- who ended up being my teacher. And then, Joe, I was like, she was explaining it all, and I'm going, that makes perfect sense. And mm. I, I think there was four or five of us on it, and they're all going, right, so who's, who's interested? We can speak at the end. And all of them are like, Oh yeah, oh, it's not really for me, or oh, I can't afford it at this moment. And, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Where do I sign up?" So you know I mean, yeah, and you know wicked. what? See, see the money I should have spent going to Benidorm, I spent on TM. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the other thing that I'm a big believer in. Whenever you invest in something like that to make yourself better, I try to equate it to the things that I used to spend yeah. money on. So I always go, "Well, I have a therapist once a week, but that's the equivalent of two grams of coke, right? Yeah. The price." And uh, I've got a personal trainer, right? I mean, you don't need one of those because that's what you did, right? But I, I pay for personal trainer. I think, well, that was a point this Wednesday night in the boozer. By the time I bought a couple of rounds, something to eat and got a cab home, that's at least the price of my personal trainer. And that's the way you can justify all of these things, I think. Well, that's relative, isn't it? It's like, um, my, my, obviously, I've stopped drinking and started going to one of the famous coffee outlets. Um, yeah. 
and I'm spending 20, 30 quid on coffee a week. And they're like, well, <laughs> yeah. that's all right, you're not spending that on anything else. Do you know I mean, yeah. I'm not going to spend 100 quid buying a carry-out in Tesco's. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm always, sober me is always financially ahead of drunk yeah. me, almost yeah. no matter what I do. Do you know what I mean? No, no, because it's, it's good, like it's not just the booze and the drugs I spend money on. It's all the stuff around it. Like you then I'd end up getting pointless taxis or like making insane purchases or spending like throwing loads of money at my hangover the next day. Breakfast, Coca Cola, Nurofen Plus. These were the things and I said. I was always on eBay oh, buying yeah. or Amazon buying random shit that I didn't need and didn't want. And then yeah. you, four days later, something comes through the post. You go. Ended up to that, so I was pissed the other night. <laughs> so I've gone and spent a fortune. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been there. Um, so yeah, what when you look back at where you were prior to that fateful day, that life changing day where your daughter called you, sounds to me like you know you had built up so so much sort of so many little bits of pain that you'd left ignored for years, um, and it all came to head. How do you wish, when you look back, uh, that you might have done things differently in your life? What do you, how, how do you do? You think that if you just shared the stuff you'd been going through at an earlier stage, that you might not have hit crisis? Possibly, but then I wouldn't be this Alex that's sitting in front of you today. So mm. I think that's something that that I appreciate. So I mean, I I am now, and in, in my head, I, no one else might agree. My wife might agree, but I think I am the version of Alex I should be. Yeah. Um, but I think, like anything, we we have to go through shit to to appreciate life, I suppose. Um, and and it's, it's a question we ask frequently in Andy's man club: is if you could go back to your eighteen year old self and tell him one thing, what would it be? Mm-hmm. I would probably encourage him to say it's okay to talk, but I wouldn't say don't do this or don't do that because. You have to do that to appreciate that it's okay to talk. Yeah. And and I'm a lot wealthier now than I was before my crisis. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's not financial. So I'm still sitting here living paycheck to paycheck, but I've got I've got more in my life. Do you know what I mean? I've mm. got more that I'm grateful for in my life and, and, and I enjoy living. It's just the, the most important thing. That's really beautiful to hear. So beautiful to hear. And you must be getting such a lot as well out of knowing that, you know, through your work, Vanny's Man Club, you're helping so many other blokes cope with the sort of situations that you've been to. Been and that's worth, that's worth more than a, 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 a get wage, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? The, the, the fact yeah. that you're helping people, eh? whilst helping yourself, is, yeah, is no. the biggest thing, eh? Yeah, well, you you it's so impressive, mate. You're you're a real hero. And listening to you talk as well, you know, um, for those who can't see you, although I, I will put this video up, the clip of this video up. You know, yeah, if if I saw you in the boozer, mate, I'd be scared. <laughs> and the fact that you're able to be so touchy, feely, warm, and open about your vulnerabilities and your fragility. That is what we need. We need to see blokes like you standing up and being like this. So it's incredible. BFG, mate, big friendly giant. So <laughs> if you see me standing in the booze, I'll just give you a hug, pal. <laughs> uh, Alex, thanks so much for joining us on The Reset. It's a, it's a privilege and a pleasure to talk with you. Let's stay in touch and best of luck with Andy's Man Club as it continues to grow and thrive. Massive fans of that here on The Reset. Um, and people, if they want to find out what their local one is, just Google it, right? Just, just Google it. Jump on the website, andysmanclub.co.uk. There's a, a nice new Find Your Nearest Club 
function that you just hit it a bunch in your postcode and it'll show you where we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scotland, uh, the north, I believe the southwest, but still not many around London, which is something uh, we've got to fix. We're, we're, in, we're in Barnet at the minute. We're, we're oh, okay, that's good. So we've got Barnet now. We're, we've got a couple in Essex and, and Kent along that way, and, and there is right. more So watch this space. I know. All of my colleagues working hard to get as many clubs as we can down there. As, as all the guys are, do you know what I mean? There's, there's 11 of us now out there trying to get more clubs to get more guys through the door. So, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, coming well, to an area near you. Long may it grow and expand. It's a beautiful thing. Alex, thanks so much for joining us. No, thank you, Sam. Thanks for your time today, mate. Take care. Good. There you go. Alex McClintock, an inspirational bloke. And if you enjoyed listening to that, you might also enjoy my interview with the founder of Andy's Man Club, Luke Ambler, which I did on the reset a couple of years back. Search the archive and you'll find it. You can subscribe and get full access at sandelaney.substack.com. And before I go, a last thank you to everyone who's brought my book and a reminder to go out and get a copy if you haven't already. It's called Sort Your Head Out, Mental Health Without All the Bollocks, and it's available now on Amazon or wherever else you get your books. It's in hardback, Kindle edition, or you can get audiobook from Audible, read by me. Until next time, be lucky and don't let the dickheads get you down.